Well, welcome. We're going to go ahead and get started today. It is Thursday, the 19th of December, one week, less than a week till Christmas. So we're excited for today. Today, we're going to be talking about strategic thinking and possibility thinking from the book, How Successful People Think. My name is Kent Heyer from Higher Road, and uh, today I'm all alone. So <laughs> the show must go on. And uh, so we'll record this for the benefit of those who will look to it later. Obviously, we won't have the engagement from those who would normally uh, make their comments and stuff. But I'll, I'll go through the study guide as well as the pocket guide and then uh, take a couple of pieces from the book. But uh, starting off with strategic thinking, I love the quote by Stephen Covey. And he starts off just the very first of this is begin with the end in mind. And probably one of the very first books that made a huge impact in my life was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in that book, Stephen Covey really lays out these seven principles that uh, help people be successful in their lives. The first one is be proactive. And that's always been a huge, huge part of my life and something that I always wanting to take action and, and just get very positive about what's going on and not feel like a victim, but really be the master of my own destiny. But the next one is begin with the end of mind. As we start any initiative, any endeavor, we can either just start randomly and start off in any direction, or hopefully we give a little bit of forethought to the things we're going to do. And point, I, I use the, the analogy, the North star, uh, hopefully any company, any individual with their personal life, their personal growth is looking at what is my personal um, North Star and make sure that my actions and my thoughts and my plans are in alignment with that. And so when you think of strategic thinking, I like this. The question starts off, how can you implement plans that give you, you direction for today and increase your potential for tomorrow? I don't think I'd ever really thought about it that way, but you know, if we have that idea in mind, you know, what is the focus? What is the direction of our lives that not only helps us make these daily activities, but also puts us in a place and a location so that our future potential is increased and improved? And that was something that really stuck out to me. And you know, as I thought about that, I thought, you know, if if the things I'm doing today are are laying the bedrock and and foundation what I'll be doing in the future, then that's setting me up for future success, for future potential. And so that was one thing that, that I really enjoyed about that question. Uh, we had the boxes in the very top here. It says, unsuccessful people let things happen to them. Successful people proactively plan their lives. And I think one of the biggest things that John brings out in this chapter in strategic thinking, you know, at first I was thinking, okay, what is this five-year plan or three-year plan? And I've got all these, I'm thinking in terms of a business uh, particularly, but, but he even breaks it down into just your own personal life, you know, on a weekly, a, an annual basis, what am I doing? How am I looking at my life? What am I setting in place to make sure that I'm best utilizing my time, that the resources, whether it's my time, my money, um, just even my heart, where, where am I focusing those things? And are they things that are going to pay off in the long run? Are they things that are going to matter or are they things that just, I'm just going with the flow and I'm just going through the motions because that's what I'm, what I'm doing. 
and so you know i like the the idea that you know we take control of tomorrow by planning and thinking about it today and john he just did a podcast and he talks about this um every year about this time he talks about how the last week or two of every year he basically blocks out that time does nothing but basically takes a review of all of his schedule all of his appointments the things that he's done through the year um, key notes that he's taken and basically does a year in review and he takes a look at where did he get the greatest return from his time and his efforts and his um, involvement with things and then he starts to look at his upcoming year and he says you know he starts now he makes his plans and even before the first of the year he's starting to implement those new plans and get ready to run and so when january 1st comes when people are just starting to think about their new year's resolutions or just starting to consider what they're going to do he's already off and running and for me this year i know already 2020 is going to be the year that i really go and do podcasts and i'm going to do um masterminds uh on the online and it's something i've never really done before to this extent and i thought you know what i can wait till january 1st or i can start right now and so we did we started right now a month early and i said says to myself you know if it is something that i'm planning on doing if it's what i've got my heart set on then i'm going to start right now i'm going to make it happen and i i think that's something that's important to do that if it's important enough to do at some point in time why not make it important enough to start right now um there's some questions i liked a lot here um he says questions set us and others up for success and he's talking about you know with with just with meetings before a meeting what do we really want to achieve in that meeting and after the meeting did we achieve it and do we get curious about our life and ask ourselves questions about what do we want to accomplish and what do we want to do? Are we thinking about things before we do them and actually why we're doing them versus just saying, well, we've always done it this way and this is what we're going to keep doing it. And, and you know, talk about a re recipe to just stay right where you're at is just to do things the way you've always done them and for the same reasons you've always done them when we start to really think about why are we doing it what is the purpose what's expected outcome is this setting us up for future potential i love that question um just that the idea that what am i doing today that's setting me up for future potential that was just a powerful powerful question and uh, if there's not much then what should i be doing today and in these next couple of weeks to set myself up for future potential going into 2020 um again going back to the idea of questions uh, brian tracy said a major stimulant to creative thinking is focused questions and again what kind of questions can we ask ourselves what kind of things can we think about um, that stimulate this thinking and i love the questions that they have at the end of each of these uh, chapters in the study guide that really get us thinking about some of those things but there's um a few last thoughts here in the study guide and then we'll, we'll wrap over to the um, the pocket guide piece but he says strategic thinking brings together number one the perspective of big picture thinking two, the practicality of realistic thinking and then three the payoff of focused thinking so if you think back to the last um, four chapters that we've talked about big picture thinking realistic thinking 
and then focused thinking. They didn't bring in to uh, affect there the um, creative thinking that we talked about last week. But those others, the perspective, the practicality, and the payoff, you know, strategic thinking brings a, a bunch of those things together. You know, I heard John do a training just this last week too, where he talked about, you know, the best leaders, when they consider an experience they've had, they look at how did I feel about it? What do I know about it? And then finally, what do I think about it? And so he, and he talks about how feeling it is just that intuition as a leader, as, as anybody that's involved with something, we, we have a general intuition about how we feel about something. You know, was it positive? Was it right? Was it the right step? Was it the right thing to go forward with? Do we just feel sick to our stomach back? Cause we just know in our heart of hearts that it's wrong. You know, what, what's that feeling uh, sense of it? What's our gut feel for what we just heard or what we just experienced. Then the second part is what do we know about it? And that gets into that realistic thinking of what are those um, objective concrete facts that I know for sure, yes or no about the thing that I just experienced. And then finally, the, what do I think about it is taking those two, what, how do I feel about it and what do I know about it and integrating both of those together. And I just loved that training and just how it talked about you know, taking both that intuition side of us as well as what's in our head. And I, th and I always say, you know, with your head and with your heart, what are you going to follow or and how do you, how do you meld those two? And sometimes they're in conflict with one another. And for me, I guess for me, I've just trusted, learned to trust my heart um, when the two are in, in conflict. Cause I think that that's one thing that I've developed is just a, a intuition that I can trust. And I, f I follow through with that. Um, then significance, he talks about a few things that the different types of thinking that would help us to, to be good strategic thinkers. And he, and he talked about number one, thinking consistently. John is a huge advocate of just regular, consistent thinking and analyzing and considering things after every meeting uh, in, in the mornings before the start of a big week, just consistently thinking through what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Why am I doing it? What's the purpose? What's the focus? The other one was thinking within context and not just taking things in isolation, but considering all the things that go around it and, and what all uh, has a, a play in that. And then thinking on the front end, uh, John often says, what starts well ends well. And if we start with good thinking and good, solid thinking up front, we plan through it, we figure things out well early on, then we will be paid off with good results as we go into it thinking with others in mind, you know, as a leader, as a parent, as a spouse, absolutely. If we put others' uh, needs and hopes and desires and concerns into every thought process that we have, we'll be more compassionate leaders. I think we'll be much more effective when we consider different sides of how it might affect different people. We'll look at it differently than if we're just considering our own personal wants and desires and concerns. And then finally he says, think with a return in mind. And that's the idea of just what's the return on, on the time and the effort that I'm going to put in this. Is this something that's going to pay off and, and be a, a benefit to me? So one of the questions here um, at the end that I really liked and I highlighted was consider the areas where you may be spending your energy and time that are not strategic. Are you in danger of burning out because you are focused on things 
that are not in your strengths. And uh, I had a huge discussion this last week with two different people, two different times, and it all revolved around what are your strengths? How do you know that they're your strengths? And there's a, so a great uh, assessment out there called the Clifton Strengths uh, Finder that I'm a huge advocate of. But when we find our strengths and when we know what we're good at, we know what we value and what's in our priorities, if we stay to those things, then our return will be well. And also, excuse me, we'll find greater satisfaction and just it'll be the things that we know we want to be working on. And we won't look back at that time as wasted time, but we'll look at, at it as invested time and, and time that was well spent, time that really mattered. And uh, so many times, like I said, we go through the motions and we look back at the week and like, now what did I accomplish that really mattered? But if we get very intentional and focused and strategic about how we spend our week, you know, whether it's Sunday night or Monday morning, really taking a look at the week ahead and just really taking inventory of how you are planning on spending your time and then making sure that you're aligning your priorities, your gifts and your talents and the things that you really need to do and only you can do into that time. And maybe taking some of that other stuff that is maybe not as, as big of a payoff for us and either removing it or considering it from time to time and saying, you know what, the next time something like this comes up, I'm going to say no. So, Hey, Alex. So Alex just joined us here. So hopefully he can hear me. Yeah. And sorry about that. No. Hey, Alex, how are you? Welcome. So we are just about to, ready to finish up strategic thinking but the biggest thing that we're talking about was just uh just the importance of being intentional about how we spend our time and and getting really uh getting really focused on what our strengths are what our priorities are and what gives us the greatest joy and what you know what really is going to be the biggest payoff for us and for those that uh we that rely on us you know whether it's at work whether it's our families whether it's our spouse, you know, how can we make sure that the things that we're doing and the way we're focusing our time is going to be a payoff for where it really matters. Um, so there's two other questions here. One was look at your schedule and how you actually spent your time. Is there anything that you could cut out to allow you to be more strategic? And one of the things that uh, I've really thought about there and one of the things I do a lot with people I'm coaching is to have them take their day and break it up into 30 minute segments through the day and go back at the end of that 30 minute segment, just have like a timer on their watch or, or, or some other way to just every 30 minutes. Hey, what I do in that last 30 minutes and keep track of it and do that for about a week. And it's interesting when you do that and you really take a hard look at where you're spending your time and your effort, the things that you're like, boy, that really didn't have much value to it. That's definitely something I could cut out in my life. And you'll never have, you'll never find time to do the things that are important and the things that are strategic. You have to make the time to do those types of things. And I think that's one of the most amazing ways to do that. And then the final one here and Alex, you're coming to the, to it uh, a little bit cold. So I apologize, but I'll, I'll ask you, uh, what could you do with extra time you might gain from thinking ahead and being more strategic with your time? Is there things in areas of your life where you wish you had a little more time? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, personal development. Yeah. And like reading more. I'd really like to learn to play the guitar. And nice. I'd like to read more books. So. So you could gain certainly a, a musical skill or a talent that way. That would be awesome. I like that. Any other thoughts come to mind? Um, not at the moment. <laughs> okay. How about you? You know, for me, I find myself, it's funny. One thing I have found myself as I reflect back upon the last couple of weeks is I've been trying to find a, and this is kind of an oxymoron, a cheap cruise and cheap airfare to go on that cruise. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's like the impossible uh, quest, I'm afraid. But I have literally, I've, I've wasted so much time on it. And me and my wife were talking the other day, and I was like, you know what, there's so many travel agencies and stuff out there that probably have better deals than what we could probably find. And even if they didn't, even if it cost me an extra couple hundred bucks, it'd probably be worth it at the end of the day for, for the time that I've uh, spent looking at stuff like that. But I mean, there's things yeah. like that as, as we reflect back and look at it. Literally, I probably spent easily five or six hours just on that on, on different nights when there's some other things that I really need to work on. And either I stayed up way late to get done what I needed to get done or I just put it off. And so, um, but yeah, that, that was interesting to me. Um, one aspect in the book on page 51, the very first principle there, it says strategic thinking simplifies the difficult. And I liked uh, how he, how uh, his name is Miguel de Cervantes. He said, uh, strategic thinking takes complex issues and long-term objectives, which can be very difficult to address and breaks them down into manageable sizes. And then I double underlined this piece. Anything becomes simpler when it has a plan. And I'm just a huge, huge believer in, you know, taking the elephant and breaking it up into bite-sized chunks, you know, aligning up a plan and figuring out kind of your pathway to, to achieve what you've dreamed of. And um, I just love that. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll close again with, with the question that I started with. And it's the question on page 59 at the end of the chapter. It says, am I implementing strategic plans that give me direction for today and increase my potential for tomorrow? And uh, I wrote two different things here. I said, I need to link my daily activities and monthly slash weekly plans with my long-term annual goals. And so there, there are goals and things that I focus on. At, you know, about this time every year, I start to lay those out and, and determine what I want to do for the upcoming year. But I don't always make as good of a linkage as I'd like to. I've, I've actually built my own planner that I use to try to do that better. Um, but uh, I'm not as consistent with it as I'd like to be. And that's one of the goals I've made for myself for this next year is to get more consistent with that. And the other one was I need to be more intense. <laughs> This is it. I need to be more intentional with my monthly, weekly, daily planning and, you know, carve out 15 to 30 minutes a day just to do a little bit of journaling and planning at the first of the day. And then at the end of the day to do my review of, of what I accomplished and what, what really mattered for that day. So those were some of the, the big things for me. Alex, was there anything in strategic thinking in that chapter that uh, you wanted to share that stuck out for you? 
Um, no, I didn't get a chance to read it this week. Okay. And that's my bad. Oh, that's, that's, that's life. <laughs> it's been a little bit of a hectic week, but that's no excuse. I hear you. Yeah. And so, um, well, we'll, we'll roll into possibility thinking and it's funny when I think about possibility thinking, you know, I, I was thinking about this one today and it, it seems like at this time of year, there is always the, the story, um, it's a wonderful life. I don't know if you've ever seen that one or not. It's an old one with uh, Jimmy Stewart and it's uh-huh. the one, it's the one where basically he wishes he'd never been born. He you know, basically he, he's just really poor. Things aren't going so well. You know, he's just all of his dreams from his whole life have just kind of just dead ended out. And he kind of wishes he's never been born and he's getting ready to jump off this bridge and end his life. And basically he, this angel comes and jumps into the water and he jumps in to save the angel and uh, ruins his uh, suicide attempt basically or suicide plan. And then he, on the far end of that uh, saving experience, it's basically transported him into a life where he never existed. He was never born. And he starts to see just how much of an impact his life truly has had things that he just didn't realize or appreciate. And when I think of possibility thinking, I think of that, that just what are the possibilities of our life? What are the things that we just don't imagine or we think are impossible that we kind of hold off or hold back on that we need to say, you know what, there is huge things that are possible that really, if I just tried them, if I just dreamed, we we can make those happen and it would be an amazing thing. There's one of the um, quotes from Gandhi in here. He says, man often becomes what he believes himself to be. If I keep on saying to myself that I cannot do a certain thing, it is possible that I may end up by real, I may end by really becoming incapable of doing it. On the contrary, if I have the belief that I can do it, I shall surely acquire the capacity to do it, even if I may not have it at the beginning. And I, I absolutely am a hundred percent a believer in that. Um, That's a great quote. Yeah, it, that one I, I just love, and that's on page thirty-two of the, of the um, study guide, uh, the mastermind guide there. But I absolutely love that idea, and I'm like I said, I am a huge believer that what we what we can conceive and believe we can achieve. Uh, and I think of you know ABC, but that's CBA. If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. And um, I just I love that quote that just. You know, if we can, if we talk to ourselves in a negative way and just absolutely feel like we can't achieve something, chances are, even if we could, we never will try and we'll never develop the skill to do it. But on, like I said, on the other hand, on the contrary, if, even if we don't have the capability to do it, if we believe it, if we do the work to enable ourselves to do it, we will, as humans, I just believe anything is possible and it's crazy what people can do and just the, the imagination of the human spirit, as well as the ability of 
us as human beings to accomplish things that we just never thought were possible. Alex, what, what, what do you think about that? Or have you found a, a point in your life where just there was something you thought you'd never, ever be able to do and now you can do it? Yep. <laughs> I actually What's find it? myself in this position really often. It's a battle I have to fight a lot. But like one thing um, I can think of is I never thought I'd be able to hike up a mountain. Uh-huh. I was able to do that last year and the year before. So, awesome. Yeah. Was there a particular one that you just is memorable for you? Um, Malin's Peak is probably my the best one I, I've done. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. It was awesome. not easy. <laughs> and I've done Waterfall a few times. Uh-huh. So, and I've done various other ones, but those are probably the, the most difficult ones, I think. I love it. Excellent. And, and I like how just, you know, and what, what did you find that, I mean, did you just go out one day and just hike Maitland's Peak or did you do some stuff to build up to that? Oh, I definitely had to build up to it. Yeah. <laughs> I found out I couldn't hike when I tried to take Cub Scouts on a hike up waterfall. Uh-huh. Because everybody said, oh, it's so easy, it's so easy, and I about died. So <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try, I'm going to learn how to do this. So that's Excellent. what I did. And did you find it more a matter of getting yourself physically in condition to do it, or was it also just some of the skill set of just doing it? Um, it was it was both. A lot of it was the physical. Uh -huh. um, but then also the mentality of wanting to finish, you know, of not giving up when it got hard. Yeah, I like that. So for you, Alex, what, what do you think in your life has helped you develop the ability to say, you know, even when it gets tough, even when it gets hard, I'm still going to stick to it and I'm going to finish it. I'm going to make it happen. What lets me do that? Yeah, what, 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 what things in your life have kind of brought you to that point where you can, where you, where you do it? You, you don't let things keep you from accomplishing your dreams. You break it, yeah. Bullheaded stubbornness and stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. You know what? Sometimes it does take that, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, in the uh, pocket guide on page nine, it, it's the possibility thinking one. And he just talked about, you know, it says possibility thinking. What is it? He says possibility thinking is the ability to see solutions in seemingly impossible circumstances. It's the lens you look through to take a positive stance in the midst of imminent failure and see opportunity. And, you know, with these two today's with strategic thinking, I like how it took the quote from Stephen Covey and says, begin with the end in mind. I would say possibility thinking is, is Stephen Covey's first principle is be proactive. And just that idea of just believing you can do it and initiating and taking action, not being a victim, but just being positive about that. And he, he goes on to say, you know, how does it work? And he says, Pos 
possibility thinking starts with developing a positive life stance. When your belief and approach to your everyday life is negative, it's nearly impossible to see potential in people, circumstances, or challenges. I'm going to say that one more time because I think it's so critical to, to what we're talking about here. It says, when your belief and approach to your everyday life is negative, it, it's nearly impossible to see potential in people, circumstances, or challenges. Developing life, a positive life stance is an ongoing practice. And John had uh, six points here that he gave that were just his uh, points to say, this is how you can do it. He says, number one, life is filled with good and bad. So just an acknowledgement that, you know, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. And I, uh, me and my wife, we have a saying, it says, if you look for the good, you'll find the good. If you look for the bad, you'll find the bad. And I believe that you'll find that with people, with circumstances, with everything. And if you've got this lens uh, that you're looking through for goodness, you're going to find goodness. And, and you'll bring out the best in yourself and in others with that as well. Number two, some of the good and bad I can't control. It's life. And just reality. There's going to be crap that happens and there's nothing you can do about it. But there's also going to be a lot of good that happens whether you are involved or not. But you can augment that and make it better if you get involved sometimes. Number three, some of the good and bad will find me. So good things will come our way. <laughs> bad things will come our way. And that's just, you know, it cracks me up sometimes. And Alex, you can probably chime in on this one too. Isn't it true that there are some people that are just Johnny Rain Cloud and even if something decent does happen, it's still not as good as they wanted it to be, or just all they can think about is it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. It wasn't what I wanted. You know, I didn't get the right toy for Christmas, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I think, uh, I think everybody has been there at some time. Um, but it's definitely not, the place you want to be people, people who see the world like that are not fun to be around. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a matter of having an attitude of gratitude, which is a quote from my church. So thank you. You know, there, there was a guy that talked about that today. I was just listening to a podcast as I was driving around today and he talked about that very thing. He said, the best thing that we could probably do for ourselves going into 2020 is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude and just have that forward looking stance of, you know what, I'm going to be grateful for the, everything that comes into my life and look for the good in, in things. So I think, I think you're absolutely right. It, it's so much more fun to be around a grateful person than a negative and ungrateful person, isn't it? Oh Yeah. And certainly as we consider ourselves in, in a leadership role, in whatever that leadership role is, whether it's in our home, whether it's around our peers, if we're cultivating a sense of gratitude, if we're expressing gratitude, how much does that change our level of influence? You know, I was just thinking about that the other day. I have a, it's interesting how much other people's, attitude and interest in what's going on can influence you, you know, or at least for me anyway. So 
if uh, people around me are really negative about something, it's easy for me to get negative about that thing as well. But yeah, on the, the reverse of that, you know, if people are around me are very positive about something, then it's easy to get excited about it. So that's just common sense, I guess, but it, it makes you think that maybe it's better to surround yourself with those people who are positive and excited about things. I love that. Thank you, Alex. And I would say to that point, attitudes are contagious, aren't they? No doubt about it. You know, the, the last four, I like how he uh, kind of nails it down. He, he kind of talks about, you know, the first one, life is filled with good and bad. Number two, some of the good and bad I can't control, that's life. Number three, some of the good and bad will find me. And I think that those first three are just kind of an acknowledgement of, you know what, there's going to be good in life and there's going to be bad in life. And there's nothing I can really do about it. Number four, though, he says, if I have a positive life stance, the good and the bad will become better. And he said in number five, if I have a negative life stance, the good and the bad will become worse. And finally, the sixth one, therefore, I choose a positive life stance. And just that, that ending point that, you know, what we choose to do in our attitude and how we approach things really just determines so much in our life. And there's a number of examples in the book that just talk about, you know, where people dream something, where people thought about something, where it, to most others, it may have either never been there before. I, I think of the Wright brothers. My goodness. You talk about that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of possibility thinking that has happened in the course of this planet. There's no doubt about it. But if I think of just in the last hundred years or so, boy, what can you imagine if we didn't have planes? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And everybody thought they were crazy. Their dad wanted to put them in an insane asylum. <laughs> it's, just, it's just nuts. And you know, Alex, you think about it in your in your work. You know, you wouldn't even have an employment if people said, "Well, the car companies have made what they've made, and there's nothing we can do about it to make it better." You know. Yep. Somebody dreamed it though, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the microprocessor and how that's changed the world and continues to do so. Somebody came up with that. The internet. If you if you ever look into how the internet works, it's pure black magic. It's unbelievable that all this stuff works together. And I can see you sitting in your living room on my computer screen. It's all the things that have to happen right for that to happen. It's amazing. Absolutely. Isn't that so funny? Um, I was just looking for the one quote in here. I'm glad you brought it up. Just, it was the guy that was the leader of ICBM or IBM, not, not ICBM. <laughs> ICBMs is the big missiles. I used to work on those. It's probably uh. a Freudian slip there, but no, IBM. <laughs> He says, I think the world market for computers is four or something like that. And <laughs> you think of that versus, you know, the um, the thought process of Microsoft and of Apple of, you know, there should be a computer in every, in every home and just different thoughts. And I mean, and just going even further of just, do you think about the portability of computers now, microprocessors, like you said, and even just what's on our 
in our handheld phone devices now, I don't know how many times, probably 100,000 times <laughs> the computing power of the Apollo rockets that we sent to the moon is just, it's oh, yeah. just crazy. But, um, you know, I, I've shared this book before, As a Man Thinketh. Uh, is that coming out backwards when you look at it? Uh, nope, I can read it. Okay. Anyway, this book, As a Man Thinketh, I think it has some of the best quotes and thoughts about um, how we approach our mental attitude about things. But there's one part here that I loved, and I think it just fits so perfectly with this idea of, of possibility thinking. And I'll, I'll end my uh, comments on the chapter with this. This is on page 52 of As a Man Thinking. He says, the greatest achievement was at first and for a time a dream. The oak sleeps in the acorn. The bird awaits in the egg. And in the highest vision of the soul, a waking angel stirs. Dreams are the seedlings of realities. And he goes on to uh, talk about a few things, but I'm going to just read this last little part and I'll emphasize the one I want to um, really hit the hammer on. He says, your circumstances may be incongenial, but they shall not, re not long remain so if you but perceive the, an ideal and strive to reach it. And this is the point. He said, you cannot travel within, and I would say, you cannot travel within in here or in here and stand still without. And I, I just, that of all the quotes in that book, that's probably one of my favorites is you cannot travel within and stand still without. And as we look at, at how we think and how we focus on our lives, the impact that we have when we are moving ourselves in a positive direction in here and in here you will find yourself taking action and moving forward in a positive direction that puts you in a different place than you may be. Your cir current circumstances may be incongenial, but they will not long remain so if you travel within in a positive way. And so I'll close with that, Alex, but do you have any questions or any thoughts as we close today? No, that those chapters have some great thoughts in them. I look forward to reading those. All right. Well, Alex, I, Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And you as well. uh, we'll, see, we'll see you next week. We are, this is kind of the commitment time, I guess, is the day after Christmas. We're still going to be doing this. So uh, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. And uh, we'll, we'll talk with you the day after Christmas or that following Saturday if you're not feeling like joining us <laughs> the, the day after Christmas. But thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Have a great one. Bye-bye.